what we encountered from that island, we thought it was all talk and no show. But after what went down, it wasn't bullshit. It will be told by my team and I, which I consider them brothers. They'll introduce themselves later on in the story. Um, we will be using our code names, whether you believe us or not. We know what we saw, and it will stick to us till our dying day. Okay. So I'll be known as Fives throughout the story. I was part of the Armed Forces, and I'm a big fan of the Clone Wars, of course. I am what you would call a mercenary. I've done jobs that don't necessarily have killing in them, but it has involved reconning and breaking bones. I have limits to it, but, you know, the pay is well, and of course it pays the bills. Of all the jobs I've done in the past, this next one got me questioning. You know, like, why did I accept this job in the first place? The employer for this job contacted me throughout my business email and said that he had a specific job for me and would like to talk to me in person. At first, I wasn't too sure about that, but I still kept my guard cautiously. I agreed on meeting the employer in a specific location, and, you know, we met and sat talking business about the job. While we met, I asked him, how did he get my info? Well, I got your contact from one of the employers you've done in the past with, he replied. Very well. Before we continue, what name shall I call you? I asked him. For now, you can call me Trench. I agreed, and as the waitress brought us our drinks, Trench had whiskey and I had a soda. Now, the job I have is rather classified. Others have declined to do it, and seems as though you have the courage to do so. Well, that depends on what it implies, I said. Well, I'm sure you've been to a place called Disney World, yes? I have, but I just have never had the time or pleasure to go over there. Now, hearing the name Disney World got me thinking, why is this job even have me remotely going in that area of Disney World. Does he want me to spy on someone? Kidnap someone? Higher power? Or maybe, just maybe, find the frozen body of Walt Disney? It had to be because he did say it was classified, and that others have turned down this type of job, so... Really, it's gotta be that. But... Boy, I was wrong. So... What does this job have to do with Disney World? I asked. I'll tell you about that if you accept this job. All I'm telling you now is that the job is real, and the money is real. So do you accept? Well, how much are we talking about? I asked. Like I said, only if you accept this job, Trench said. Well, not leaving much options, I sighed. Very well. I accept the job. <laughs> Excellent. Now, this job centers around something in particular. I'm pretty sure you've heard the name Discovery Island. I sat back in shock. Uh, of course I've heard rumors and stories about the place, and was a bit skeptical with it with all the urban legends. You know, the crocodiles roaming the island, the tale of that one guy who got ripped to pieces by mutated monkeys, not to mention that's being hunted by all the Disney costumes. Now, exactly what job does going to Treasure Island have to do with any of it? I asked. Well, you see, a while back, a group of teens went missing. They were scheduled to do a meet-and-greet because... They're a popular group on YouTube, and they were last seen in Disney World in the daytime, and since then, they haven't returned to the hotel that they were staying at, and their manager was supposedly with them, but just not close enough, apparently, Trench said. What about the parents? I asked. Apparently, they were taking a while to get ready, so the manager just took them without waiting for their parents, 
I guess he was the impatient kind. I've heard that one before. But what about the police? Didn't they get involved? Well, they did, but apparently they didn't want to make a big deal out of everything to make other kids get worried, since, I mean, it is called the happiest place on Earth. You know, they're trying to keep it on the down low. Even so, they still checked the entire park, and they came back with nothing. However, a friend of mine said that he saw a group of kids being put on a boat not too long ago, and taken to the island by a hooded figure. He already tried going to the police with this as a witness, telling his story. You know, the police went to go search on the island, but they came back with nothing. He insisted that they go back and double or even triple check, but, you know, nothing. What he said, he told them that he's not crazy, but the police kept telling him that they found nothing and that they'll still put it under investigation. But if he keeps pushing it, I mean, they will arrest him, Drench said. <laughs> okay. So your friend believes that these teens might still be alive on the island, and... I'm hearing that correctly? Yes. And of course, when I mentioned the island to others before you, their face would turn pale. And they declined it. Now I'm giving you this job. However, this job cannot be done alone. Uh, I would recommend you bring about six men to accomplish this. And you're one of the six, so... You'll need five more. Well, understood. Sounds simple enough. And I believe I may know the other five men that will accept this job, I said. As I said this, he showed me a bag that he was carrying. It was full of money. How much did you say that this job was for? I asked. Enough for you and your little friends. However, if you don't succeed this job, you and your brothers, as you call them, can kiss this money goodbye. And I'll find others to do this work, Trench said, making that statement clear. After hearing that, now I knew that we definitely needed to succeed on this mission. Of course, we do need the money. He didn't give me a vanilla folder containing the map of the island, which you can't get very far on Google and scroll around without finding. I should know because I gave it a try on my laptop and gave it a virus. $400 down the drain. <laughs> Anyways, it also contained the missing teens with their names, and a full description of what they look like. It's a total of eight teens, five girls and three boys. I won't say the full names, but I will say the letter of their first names in the story. I'll contact you when the job is done, I said to Trench. Excellent. I'll be waiting, he replied. He got up, paid for his drink, and walked out through the door. So did I, thanking the waitress. The first brother I contacted is who we call Wrecker. When it comes to his temper rising, it's best not to be on his bad side. Overall, he is one tough son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, let's see, next on the list we call Cut Up. He's a joker at times, but when it comes to getting the job done, he'll always be the one to count on. Next one is Bullseye. He was in the armed forces along with me. We always got sharpshooter qualifications. We were really close in there, and still are in the civilian world. Next was Eagle Eye. He really knows about tech. His specialty is hacking, but for good reasons, and especially making equipment in a flash. So we'll definitely need him for this type of job. Uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. Ah, last but not least, Blackheart. Now, he at times can be cold-hearted and seem not to care to hurt people when it comes to brotherhood. You know, you trust each other and every one of us with no questions asked, so, you know, he's loyal. Now, I called them up to gather for this announcement that I'm about to tell them, which is really about this job. So, I'll update when the boys are done introducing themselves. Uh, hi. <laughs> uh, this is Wrecker. I believe Fives told you how we came to this position. <laughs> uh, well, he isn't wrong when he said that we needed cash. Because we all do need it. 
fives did it indeed inform us about the job the employer told them. Uh, we were at first resistant about it because, of course, we all know about the history of that uh, fucking goddamn island. And he did make some valid points about our situation. Uh, yeah, it wasn't our best option, but we were running out of them. We do need the cash. Uh, the teens, no offense, but I did think that they, well, possibly could be dead. Because it's pretty much common sense that they pretty much are dead. But nevertheless, we did decide to do this job. It's going to be one hell of a ride for sure. I especially told my fiancé about this job. Yes, she did get upset about it after I explained everything to her. She already tried to persuade me not to do it, and to look at other options. But to be honest, there really isn't any other options. We did go back and forth about this, and yes, she knew we were struggling, and that we do need to take risks at times, so she eventually agreed. I'm getting my stuff ready for this type of job, so... I'll talk to you later. Uh, hi. I'm cut up. Of course, Fives told you who I am. The job is risky, no doubt about it. No one in their right mind would go to that godforsaken place. I sure as hell know I wouldn't. And yet, here I am. The type of guy who doesn't follow much of the rules, but... Uh, money is money. <laughs> Can't say no to that. Uh, I live with my best pal, Scar. Uh, he's a great Dane, and I wouldn't trade him for anything in the world. This money Fives mentioned would definitely help us get through all the decisions I've made in the past. I'm just hoping I chose the right one with this one. As for the teens, uh, I hope we find them very soon. Otherwise, all this work that we're doing will be for nothing. <laughs> I better get started on packing. I'm going to turn on a little music. I'm sure everyone has heard of Hypnotize by System of a Down. <laughs> uh, I'm going to pack. Peace. Hey, Bullseye here. I still can't believe that we're doing this type of job. I'm sure you already heard this. Uh, we all need the money. <laughs> uh, in case Fives hasn't explained this, uh, I'm one hell of a sharpshooter. Uh, him and I both are. Top of our class, actually. Have that close brotherly bond back in the armed forces. Um, not to mention him and I pick a bone with each other when it comes to hand-to-hand -to -hand combat. <laughs> uh, all jokes aside, this type of job is going to take more brains than bullets. That's for sure. Especially when there's teens involved being held hostage. I sure hope those kids are still alive. Uh, we're going to come in lock and loaded. <laughs> we're going to chew gum and kick ass. <laughs> uh... And, well, I'm all out of gum. Eagle Eye here. Yes, I knew you all were coming. I saw you coming from a mile away. <laughs> That's my job, ain't it? Anyways, yes, Fives here has explained everything to us. I'm sure you've heard all this before. And I'll be watching my bros from a bird's eye view. I'm creating some new gadgets for this type of job, which will be helpful, hopefully. And I can make these in a flash. And at the same time, I'm packing. Sure hope we find those teens. And that we all come out of there in one piece from that island. I've got a pack. Talk to y'all later. See ya. Hey, uh, Blackheart. I really don't have much to say. I just want to get this job done. Get the cash. And go. Uh, the teens? I mean... What do you want me to say about them? They could be dead, for all we know. And if they're dead, you know, they're dead. I'll drag their dead carcass out of there if I have to. Uh, I love my brothers. No question about it. But what it's going to be is insane getting to that island. I'm done talking. I got a pack. Now that everyone was done introducing themselves, we can continue on. As the sun was barely rising for a new day to begin, I got all my gear and equipment inside the van. Yes, it's a van, because at least normal suspects have six guys in a van, right? <laughs> Alright, a little humor for the road. I double-checked everything was locked for my house, and then I was off to get the boys, then heading to the airport to Florida. I picked up Blackheart, 
who was our last guy to get in, since he lived a bit closer to the airport. I'm a bit surprised that none of you actually backed down from this type of job, I said to everyone. Come on, Fives, we all know the reason why we're doing this, Wrecker said. Yeah, it's true, I said. I then explained to everyone how each of us is getting a team to protect and getting out alive. Some of us were getting assigned an extra kid, since Eagle Eye is going to be watching us with a bird's eye view. Wrecker started giving out each man a bio of the team that they were assigned to. I also did mention that I will be only telling the first letter of the kid's name from the beginning. And now there's a total of eight kids. So, Wrecker was taking charge of a 13-year-old named Kay. Uh, she's five foot four, brown hair, brown eyes, and a 13-year-old boy named E. 5'2", as well as brown eyes and brown hair. Uh, Cut Up was in charge of a 13-year-old girl named E. Uh, <clears throat> apparently she's from the UK. Nice. Uh, anyways, uh, she's 5'5", five five, brunette, gray eyes, and uh, a 12-year-old boy named M. He's 5'3", light brown hair, blue eyes. Bullseye was in charge of a 12-year-old girl named S. Uh, says that she's a dancer. Okay. She's 5'3", blonde, light green eyes. Lastly, I took charge of two kids as well. One was a 13-year-old boy named N, 5'4", black hair, and brown eyes. Okay. Next was a 12-year-old girl named B, 5'3", light brown hair, light green eyes. Uh, Oh, and has a red mark on top of her right eyebrow. Uh, (laughs) Look kind of cool. I guess I'll add that in my notes. Everyone was assigned their teen, and we just arrived to the airport, got past security, and waited for our flight. As we were waiting for our plane to board, I received a call from an unknown number. I answered. Uh, hey, it's Trench. Just calling to know if there was any complications. Uh, hey Trench, we were waiting for our flight to board. Very good. I'm also informing you that my friend in Florida is waiting for your arrival. He'll lead you to your designated stay for your trip and is also confirming the whereabouts of the teen's family. Uh, They haven't left Florida since the day that they went missing, along with the manager, Trench said. Alright, what's the name of your friend so we can get a confirmation? I asked. He goes by Harvey. Uh, He'll pick you up as much as he can with your work, Trench said. Okay, very good. Uh, We'll contact you when we've arrived at our pinpoint, I said. Excellent. Good luck. Trench replied as he hung up. Perfect timing, because our plane was boarding. And this was going to be one hell of a flight. Well, we had arrived in Florida. We met up with Harvey, and he was friendly, around his mid-thirties, and uh, he helped us with our bags to an unmarked van, then escorted us to the hotel that we were staying at. He then started explaining the situation about the job we got, which, of course, we already knew, but he then told us about the situation with the cops. Again, we knew. Finally, he gave us the location to where the parents of the teens were staying at, which we will pay a visit to soon. We arrived at the hotel that we were staying at. As we settled into our rooms, each of us split up into eight groups of two, and I got roomed with Wrecker. As soon as we settled, the others came to our room so that we could plan our next moves for the next two days. It was already 2000. In case you don't know what that means, that means 8pm in military time. We thought it was time for us to pay a visit to the family of the missing teens. I asked everyone to see if they were down with the plan, and they agreed. Wait, Fives, we can't simply just walk up to them and say, Oh hey, there we are, mercenaries who were hired to find your kids who we believe are on the abandoned island that's just across from Disney World, Wrecker said. And suffice to say, everyone agreed on that. I know. That's why I made these for each and every one of us, 
I said, taking out my bags and unzipping it, pulling out eight ghost phantom Banklava masks. Everyone was so surprised on the detail of how the masks looked. We hid them in our pockets and we dressed all in black. We especially put black gloves on our hands for no finger scanning recognition. We called Harvey to come get us and to take us to the location of the parents. We arrived to the motel and we told Harvey to go around back to not make it look suspicious. We all put our masks on and we saw one of the parents Harvey described to us. They were on the first floor. Good thing too. We got out the front door and knocked. Of course, we covered the peephole. By some luck, they didn't put the latch on the door, so I guess that just made our job a bit easier. A lady opened it, and we burst in, and of course we pulled out our sidearms, and I told them not to squeal, and that no one would be hurt. Now, from the total amount of people, minus us, in the room, there were a total of ten people in there. Eight moms, a sibling to one of the missing teens, and their manager. Who are you guys? One of the moms asked me. We are known as ghosts, a small, ruthless team that isn't afraid to get our hands dirty, unlike certain people who we call snowflakes. <laughs> well, what are you doing here and how did you find us? One of the other moms asked. We were hired to find your kids. Now, see, we have a resource who believes that they know where exactly your kids may be. Record butt in. Where? Where are they? And who is your resource? Who hired you for this? We have to go to the police. We've been searching for them for the past four weeks. They kept whining and complaining, but simply put, I just told them to shut up. All we can tell you is that we will find your kids. Okay? That's all you need to know. I said. We're calling the police, one of the moms said. <laughs> Go ahead. We ain't scared of no popo. Call them. I dare you. Blackheart said. Wrecker told him to calm down, and I told him that you can try, but that we would be long gone before they would get here. As the parents huddled to talk things over along with the manager, we just slipped out of there like ghosts. We got to the van where Harvey was waiting for us and sped off. Heading back to the hotel, we went into our rooms and rested up for the next day as to recon to the island with the drone that Eagle Eye made himself. I'll tell you more about that, but for now I just need some rest. I'll tell you more once I have my sleep. As the sun rose for the day, the others have gathered to me and Wrecker's room to see what Eagle Eye has said about using his homemade drone to do recon. As he showed it to us, it was actually the size of your palm, and had a small camera attached to it. But the controller had a big screen on it. Now, see, what it sees, it was an actual good HD mode. I said to Eagle Eye, well, that's pretty impressive. Thanks. Now let's get to reconning, he said. As he was setting up the drone to fly, I took out the map of the island Trench gave me and was ready to pinpoint where the drone will enter. And in case if the drone doesn't make it back, we got the map as a backup. As Eagle Eye sent off the drone to fly, we could barely even see it. But from the controller, we saw it looking at us and taking off to the skies. We saw it passing the park, which then cut up brings up that... There will be an event happening at the park at night. Now that probably would give us an advantage if things go well to plan. Eagle Eye then circles the perimeter to see what opening we can slip to enter the island without being detected. We then found one which should have had good cover. I pinned where it was at, and we then continued to the island. As we circled the outside of the island, we saw something moving fast in the tree lines. We tried to see what it was, but... It quickly disappeared. Given that we couldn't see it anymore, we just continued on. Eagle Eye then moved the drone to the island. It was a bit freaky inside of it, not gonna lie. 
A lot of trees and grass growing on the rides that was once a happy place for kids. And cages that once belonged to animals. But... But now it's been taken over by nature. We then heard a weird noise from Eagle Eye. So we turned the drone to look up and down all over, but didn't see anything. We thought it was a bird or something. After all, there are animals wandering over there. We looked everywhere to see if the kids were still alive somewhere, but we didn't find a trace of them. We then possibly came to the conclusion that, well, they might be dead after all, and that this trip was probably all for nothing. We were about to tell Eagle Eye to pull back off the island, until he said, Well, wait, guys. I see a rusted metal door. We didn't see that before on the map, or anywhere. We looked and we told them to get closer, our hearts beating faster. Figuring that there might be hope, and... And until we knew it, we heard crying and someone calling for help from the inside of the metal door. We were all shocked to hear someone else from the island, and I asked Eagle Eye, Does your drone have a mic so that we could talk to them? He replied, Yes. Then press it! Hurry! I exclaimed at him. He did. Hello? Is anyone there? I asked. A voice came on the line. Yes, who's out there? Please help us! We're trapped down here! Hold on, how many people are down there with you? I asked them. There's... Nine of us down here. Please, just get us out of here, they said. Nine of them? I thought while looking at the others. We got the job for only eight. Who the hell is the ninth one? I kept thinking about this, and as soon as I thought that I was anticipating a reply, the drone was knocked out of the sky. And we heard was, like, sounding like a growl. But like part of a machine, too. It's hard to describe. You had to really be there to know what I'm talking about. We couldn't see what brought the drone down, but whatever did bring it down crushed it, and the feed went off. We were all shocked to know that there really were people trapped on the island. What the hell just happened? Blackheart said. What the hell indeed? Said Wrecker. Cutup was sitting there with eyes wide open as if he saw a ghost. Eagle Eye was speechless. As for me, I was trying to gather my thoughts that the rumors and stories might possibly be true. Wait, Eagle Eye, doesn't your drone have a tracker on it? I asked him, suddenly getting an idea. Well, yeah, but I just hope whatever crushed it didn't take it, he said. Okay, well, at least we have the pinpoint of where to go on the map. We can track the drone with the drone tracker. We find the metal rusted door where we heard the cries for help. Now, since we've got the pinpoint on where to start on the island, I gave them a quick huddle for what awaits us, we all know what's going to go down. And we don't know if we'll survive tomorrow night, but we got ourselves into this. We had a chance to back out, but we didn't. And now we face whatever lurks in that godforsaken island, get those kids out of there, and get them back to their folks. Of course, we'll get our reward money. This is now, as I like to call, Operation Urban Nightmare. It was now time of the assault. Harvey took us halfway to the pinpoint location of where the drone spotted for us. Harvey parked the van a bit off to the side. Good lucks. I'll be praying for y'all, Harvey said. We nodded to him as a thank you. We then had to stick to the shadows to get to the pinpoint, which made the location in the shadows without being spotted. I'm surprised no one even saw us. Then again, Cutup did say that there was an event happening at the park, so security wouldn't bother with us in the meantime. As we hid in the shadows, we loaded up our gear. Tactical vests on, loaded our M4s with ammo, put on our elbow and knee pads, uh, black paint around the eyes, <laughs> can't forget that, 
And finally, our balaclava ghost masks. Also, Eagle Eye then showed us that he took his great-grandfather's RHIB, the rigid hole inflatable boat that his great-grandfather used when he was a Navy SEAL. But he told us that his grandfather called it Zodiac. I kind of hand it to him. He definitely pulls through and impresses us all. Before we started to commence Operation Urban Nightmare, we said a prayer to make sure that we would all make it out in one piece. I started. Beloved Lord, we come before your throne of grace, asking you to protect us for what we are about to face in the valley of the shadow of death. Strengthen us with your power and minister to our spirits that no evil shall prosper upon us, for we will overcome them and to protect those who are in need to be brought safe back to their families, and to guide us back home as well. Amen. Now that the prayers were all said and done, Eagle Eye got his laptop set up and got his other drone he packed up in case the other one got destroyed. Perfect timing. And now Operation Nightmare was commenced. As we rode on the Zodiac to the depths of the water, we scanned each side, making sure that no one spotted us during the two-mile drive to the island. As we arrived at the shorelines to the island, we then ran the tree lines to get accountability of our equipment, making sure that we didn't lose any of our gear, and making sure the Zodiac was out of sight. As we did this, we then heard a loud boom. We thought someone spotted us already and started firing, but it just turned out to be a fireworks show. And that scared the shit out of us. We knew that Disney was known for that, but... Jesus, fuck. None of us lost a part of our gear, thankfully. Eagle Eye then comes to check on everybody, and we were all set. Phase 1 was now complete. Eagle Eye was going to scout the perimeter to make sure that we were in the clear, while the rest of us got the tracker for the destroyed drone. We got the pinpoint, and now we stayed in a straight line formation, still clipped to each other on the move. As we moved through the depths of the jungle, we kept our lights on low, so at least we could still see. We scanned all the surrounding areas, and we were surprised on how much nature had truly taken over the place. As we kept moving, we then noticed lights up ahead of us. I told everyone to hold their position, to get low on the ground, and pulled security on all sides. Wrecker came up to me to see what I was seeing. The hell? I, I thought that this place was abandoned. Wrecker said, whispering to me. I thought so too. Eagle Eye, this is Fives. Do you read me? I said to the comm link. Fives, this is Eagle Eye. Go ahead. He responded back. Yeah, so we're spotting lights on the island. Working lights. I can't make out how exactly that's even possible. Alright, stand by. I'll see. Eagle Eye said. Five minutes went by. Uh, yeah, Fives, as it turns out, the Disney Corporation still carry energy to the island, checking it from time to time to see if that they can make it more profitable to viewers while they're being distracted by the park. In other words, they're going to see if they can relaunch the island for the people and their kids. Eagle Eye said. Oh, shit. I thought to myself... That explains why they lied about the pollution in the water. So, while the guests leave, they come to the island to see if they can still be operational without drawing the crowd. But my question still was, why do they tend to steal kids here so that they won't be found if they were to plan to reopen it again? It doesn't make sense, but as I kept thinking about that, we heard a branch crack, and that surprised us. We got our rifles aimed to where the noise came from, and we saw the branches move. Eagle Eye, we hear movement on our 12, and we can't see shit from here. 
We're holding position. Can you see what it is? I said on the comlink. Yeah, hold on. Head into your location. Oh, I'm ready to blast its head off. Bullseye said. Hold on. Eagle Eye is going to see what it is first. We saw the time drone above us. I'm going to use Heat Seeker to see what is ahead of you guys. Alright. Hang tight. Uh, looks like I see something. It appears to be only one. It's... It's moving towards you. Get ready, he said, exclaiming. We got up, getting into our firing position with our heartbeats racing, and we were about to see what lurked in the darkness. To our surprise, though, it was just a small monkey. <laughs> we sighed heavily. False alarm, Eagle Eye. It's just a small monkey, I said with calmness. Alright guys, let's just keep moving ahead. We headed towards the light that was hanging from above, shining down toward the abandoned cages of where the animals were once kept. We had to go through them, since that's where the drone went to showing in the tracker, and as we were passing through the abandoned cages, I then heard another crunching sound. We looked down and... What we saw just made our eyes go wide. A pile of what we could only describe as slime that had a weird color, like a grayish-green, I, I guess, and next to it was a worn-out, torn, old costume piece. Like it belonged to a head, since it was in the shape of a circle, but what really caught our attention was the bottom of a, of a piece of a jaw. It looked really old because it had a brownish color all over it. Jesus Christ, that is fucked up, Bullseye said. Damn, and I thought I've seen it all, Blackheart said. Whatever did this and left it here, it wasn't human. We kept moving. The tracker said the drone was close by, so we left the pieces there and we continued on through. We continued along the trail with Tracker on my arm, my brothers watching our surroundings, with the fireworks show seizing up, hearing the crowds cheering for the end. I assumed this was where everyone was getting ready to either go home or head back to their hotels. Damn, now that the crowd's leaving, that means the skeleton crew and security are now about to commence cleaning up the park, I thought to myself. Alright, ghosts, listen up. The show's now over, the people are possibly now heading back home, or to their hotels, or wherever the fuck. Which means now the cleanup crew and security are now the only ones in the park. Now, they'll be watching over everything, especially having a close eye on the island. So we gotta move fast, and make sure we make it as smooth as we can. Everyone agreed, and we still kept moving. We got closer and closer to the point where the drone was. We eventually found it. It definitely was destroyed, but the tracker was still intact. We then looked slightly to our right, in which we saw the metal rusted door from before. I wasn't going to call out to those locked in there, because whoever was in there, they definitely weren't going to stay quiet. We got to the door. Sure enough, it was sealed tight. The others pulled security while Wrecker and I retired to open the door without making too much noise. Well, we got it open, barely, but it was enough for all of us to enter. One by one, everyone did. Blackheart was the last one to enter. I closed the door to feign suspicion, for anyone who may have noticed, and we then started heading down steps to a lower floor. We then saw what looked like abandoned cages for something big. However, the inside of the cages looked like someone was in them recently. With newer items. It's hard to explain, but we then heard crying in the distance. So we slowly made our way farther down the hallway. Uh, hello? Is, is anyone there? They asked. Shh, shh, shh. Keep your voices down. I said to one of them. As we looked further, 
we saw eight teens looking surprised and happy with tears streaming down their eyes. We told them to hush with our index finger to our lips. It's gonna be okay, guys. Alright, we're the ghosts. We were sent to find you and bring you back to your parents. I told them. Are... are you guys military? One of them asked. Not exactly. I replied. Ghosts, check to see if they are in fact the kids from the pictures. I said as we all got out the pictures of the teens that we were assigned to. It was confirmed. They were the teens that went missing. We were glad that we found the eight missing teens. However, we looked at this ninth person who wasn't on our list. I asked who they were, and they told us their name. But for this story, we'll call her O. She was about 27 years old. She had a soft voice, like, if you were having a bad day, her voice would cheer you up in seconds. I'm not gonna lie, she, she was very beautiful. Even if she's got mud and dirt on her. <laughs> I told the ghosts to check on the teens, that to make sure that they were good, and to check if they have any scratches on them. I kept talking to O. What the hell are you doing in this godforsaken island? I asked her. I was brought here, she said. I looked at her clothes, and she was wearing clothes that had Disney print all over it. I assumed the next question of, well, you work at Disney? Yes, I was part of the cleaning crew to clean up the messes that these people make. You know, that they're too fucking lazy to throw out in the trash. I was assigned to do the arena of Toontown with a friend of mine. But then I heard other co-workers who weren't assigned that area talking about teens that went missing, and that there were rumors that they were taken to this island. You know, I didn't believe it at first, but I checked the internet if teens did in fact go missing. And it was a few days later that I was again put in Toontown. I heard people saying that the teens won't escape from the island. And I even heard one of them say... Yeah, those mutant freaks will deal with them soon. It'll be like they never even existed. And stupid me, I gasped too loud in front of them, and they heard me. I tried to run for it, but they caught me. I blacked out, and I found myself in this cage along with these others. She said. How long have you been here for? I asked. She was about ready to answer when we heard the metal door swing open loudly. We looked into the dark hallway, and we heard what sounded like growls and weird breathing noises. Ghosts, vanish. Don't worry, we're not going to leave any of you here. Keep quiet and pretend you don't see any of us. Alright? I told everyone as we hid in the shadows. I told the ghosts not to shoot as we awaited to see what has been kept a secret for all these years. And what we saw, I kid you not, it was like seeing a nightmare come to life. We saw a worn, torn Mickey. And behind him was Donald and Goofy, but nightmare versions of them, right? These things looked like the costumes were real. And we saw their razor-sharp teeth, saliva coming down from their mouths, and glowing red eyes. I could feel my heartbeat racing faster, hoping that they didn't find us and take the teens and O with them. They were staring at them as if they were doing a routine check to see if they were hiding anything. And the teens kept quiet, and made it look convincing like they never saw us. So the monsters turned around made some growling noises with one another. But as they were making noises, I saw from above, Bullseye was almost slipping. I was shocked and motioned him not to move. And I mean, he was trying his best. Fortunately, the monsters left and he sighed quietly, grabbing onto a metal pipe and quietly coming down. We all emerged from our hiding spots, and we tried to get the locks out of everyone's cages. We succeeded. Now phase two, grab and go, is done. We then saw a back door, but we weren't able to go through it. 
At the door, I had an idea for the back door that we just saw. Wrecker, take everyone to the front and hide in the shadows. I'm going to open the back door. I said. What? Why? He asked. Just do it. I'll meet up with you later. I told him as I went back. I went back down to where the cages were, and I opened the back door to make it look like we left through the back, but we really left through the front. I made it out to the front, closed it as it was, and then I heard Wrecker whispering out. I saw everyone crouching in the shadows. Fives, what the hell were you doing? Wrecker asked. I opened the back door where the cages were to trick them to think that we left through the back. Wrecker nodded. He understood. Yeah, Eagle Eye, we got the packages. Scout our way to the Zodiac so that we can get the hell out of here. Roger Fives, I'm here, let's go. Eagle Eye replied. I looked at the teens and oh. Alright guys, we're gonna get you all out of here. Let's escape this dump. I said. Seeing their eyes cry for joy, knowing that they were going to escape the nightmare that they've endured. It was great. Ghost Diamond Formation. O, you, and the teens stay in the center. If we're firing on all sides, protect the teens. That is your priority. Do you understand? I asked her. She nodded yes. Alright. Here we go. We followed Eagle Eye's drone as we went into diamond formation. I was the front, Wrecker was on my 3, Bullseye on my 9, Cutup and Blackheart are 6, and O and the teens were in the middle. O was watching the teens and trying to lift their spirits up. I heard B, the one with the red mark on her right eyebrow, telling her that her voice sounded like an angel sent down to protect us. Not gonna lie, it did sound adorable. I was going to say something to her, but Eagle Eye stopped us in our tracks. Guys, freeze. I got movement up ahead. Three heat signatures. Quick, hide. He said over the link, and we all hid in the bushes. We saw those mutated monsters walking by, not making a sound, as we couldn't see them, but I knew where they were headed for, and now we knew that we had to hurry. We got up back into formation, and we kept moving as the drone was leading us back. We heard from the distance behind us, and as we heard that, we heard Eagle Eye. Guys, I got heat signatures coming from every direction in our position, and there are a lot of them. Oh shit, now we were definitely going to start hell on that island, I thought. Ghosts! Fire positions! I shouted, getting our weapons secured, staying in diamond formation, locked and loaded, doing the sign of the cross. I told O to watch the teens and to cover their ears for hell about to be unleashed. We then heard movement in the trees, and as I looked back at my team, knowing it might be the last time we see each other before we might, you know, die, we then heard Eagle Eye saying through the link, Guys, they're getting closer. 400... 300, 200, they're right on top of you. He started shouting, and what we saw was the stuff of nightmares. We saw what might have been big mutated baboons because of their sharp teeth and sharp claws staring at us. But at that moment, I had one of my favorite songs being played in my head, which was crashed by Chris Daughtry on the part where they hit the Then I Crashed Into You. I don't know why it played out at that moment, but it was, and it lifted my spirits up. Give them hell! I shouted as they were coming down to kill us. All hell broke loose as the sounds of our rifles shooting rapidly and seeing the bullets fly into the skies, seeing each body of those mutant monsters falling to their deaths, and hearing my brothers shout as we stood our guard. I could also hear the teens and O oh screaming as we did our work. 
One by one, they were still coming. As the sky blew with red blood hitting us, as their guts spat out of them, they all dropped dead as fast as they came. The night grew silent again with the noises of crickets singing. The smoke on our rifles steamed out of the muzzle, and we knew that no one could penetrate us. Reload! I said to my brothers, as we tried to do it as fast as we could before we got ambushed. Eagle Eye then said on the links, Damn guys, I recorded all of that. <laughs> that was one hell of a firefight. I chirped back, No time to celebrate yet. We need to head back to the Zodiac and get the hell off of this nightmare. I said on the link. We were reloaded and ready. Alright ghosts, now we gotta haul ass. Diamond formation. Let's get the hell out of here. I checked on O and the teens. They looked scared, but they were indeed alive. Just then we heard the roar again. But this time it was closer. Haul ass now, I said as we ran fast, as everyone could run. But then a thought hit me again. I mean, what if they found the Zodiac? Damn, if, if that's the case, we were in some serious trouble now. As we saw the shoreline, I then heard Cut Up and Blackheart yell out, Oh shit! I turned to see what it was, and those damn mutant creatures were on our ass. We saw Donald and Goofy, no sign of mutant Mickey anywhere, but I told O and the teens to hide. All of us held our position and fired at mutant Donald and mutant Goofy, and they kept coming, but slower and slower until they fell and choked from all the bullets that they ate. I sighed. At least they're down. Now let's get the hell out of here. We gathered the group and headed to the shore. It was still there, thankfully. Looking at the Zodiac, still intact. Eagle Eye, we're loading the teens on the Zodiac, and us along with it. Let's see, everyone's loaded on. But as we were about to turn the Zodiac on... You guessed it. Another high-pitched scream. My spine skyrocketed. We saw mutated Mickey running right at us with high speed. Hurry! Hurry up! Get this thing started, I said to Cut Up, trying to ignite the Zodiac. While we pushed it into the ocean, Cut Up was igniting it, but in the moment of cliché came about as we started it up. The mutated Mickey came out of nowhere and grabbed my leg as I was about to jump in and threw me back to shore. Fives! Fives! I heard my brother shouting as they zoomed away from the island. I got up and stood face to face with this monstrosity. Go! Get out of here! Just go! Getting out my last K-Bar knife, getting ready to strike at it, Mutant Mickey showed its sharp claws. The last stand, where it came to be, only one of us would walk out of here alive. And again, I heard that crash song by Daughtry. Which, I don't know why, but it seemed fitting. I heard it again. We ran towards each other, with the start of the I crashed into you part playing. We scratched and clawed with all that we had. I felt a bite mark on my arm, but I had my arm guard on, so its bite didn't quite penetrate through my armor, and it let go. I heard Eagle Eye over the link, Fives, run to the jungle and we'll come back for you. Wrecker then said, No, just get the hostages to safety. I've got to end this before anyone else falls victim to these monsters. I yelled back into the link, Fives! Wrecker yelled, but I turned off my comm, and Mutant Mickey stood his ground again. The strikes came yet again. Unfortunately, it had the upper hand this time. He managed to scar my face on my left side. I shrieked in pain, and I know that that mutant freak stopped to see me in pain, enjoying it. Seeing me panting hard to ease my pain. It stood about 15 feet away from me, smiling while licking its lips, but... But I don't go down easily. As we were about to strike again, I felt something in my pocket took it out, and I noticed that it was the last bullet that I had left. 
was for my 9mm pistol, that I had used while shooting Donald and Goofy heading towards us. I guess I may have forgotten that I had an extra bullet in my pocket, which at this point in time was perfect. As I strategized on how to load it without it noticing, I held the mag case on my right side of my chest and the 9mm pistol on my left leg side. As Mutant Mickey was getting ready to charge again for the third time, little did he know that this would be its last. We once again ran to each other. It tried swinging its left claw to cut me. I ducked, and then it tried gutting me with its right claw. I rolled under its left arm, loaded the mag with the last bullet to the pistol. Mutant Mickey turned his face to what he thought was mine, but it wasn't. He was looking at the muzzle of my pistol. Mutant Mickey finally went down. I looked over its lifeless body, seeing its red, cold, heartless eyes. It knew what stood before and above it. It was the person who had fought and defeated it in battle when no other man could have done it before in history, and was the one who unthroned the proclaimed prince of the most happiest place on earth. Breathing in and out, knowing that it was finally over, a bright light was hitting me, and I heard over a loudspeaker, Stay right where you are. Get down on the floor and put your hands over your head. Sure. When hell freezes over. I thought in my head. I took off into the jungle to get a head start. I soon started to hear what I assumed was the police and not Disney security, which those fools can't arrest anyone for shit. But I took off pretty far, also hearing dogs on my trail. I cut them off by leaving my scent farther into the jungle. Then I went to the short side of the shore. My plan was to grab one of the boats that they left unsecured and get my ass out of there without them noticing. And with luck, thankfully, there wasn't anyone there. <laughs> Rookie mistake, cops. I said to myself jokingly. I turned on the engine, and as I was about to speed off, I saw... one of them. Somehow yell out, Hold it right there! Freeze! Hey, go arrest somebody who you can really catch, mall cop. I told him while I sped off out of that hellhole. I heard shots firing at the shoreline, aiming for my ass, but I was far gone. And at a good far distance where they couldn't get a good aim. Until I heard their boats on my ass yet again. But to my surprise, I saw Harvey driving the van, signaling to move down more. I nodded and stirred right, and... So did the rest of the cops following me. I then got ready to jump. I thought that there was no way that I was jumping at first because, I mean, that's fucking suicide, I thought. But then, I, I came to think about it. I literally just fought a mutated rodent and took a scar to the face, so, you know, I shouldn't be talking. As I got closer and closer to the van, I started praying, hoping that I made it. And by some miracle, that if I did make it, I promised that I'd go to church every Sunday. I'd jump with a leap of faith. And I barely made it. But my brothers grabbed me and pulled me in. They laughed. <laughs> you son of a bitch, you had us all worried. You could have been killed. Wrecker scolded me about my actions. Hey, <laughs> I'm alive, aren't I? I said calming and jokingly, but everyone gave me a huge hug knowing that we made it out alive, and they all looked at my face where Mutant Mickey had left his scar on me. Damn, Fives, that thing did a number on you, didn't he? Eagle Eye said. You don't know the half of it, I replied. O saw my face and kissed me on the cheek. Thank you for rescuing us, she said with her angelic voice as... As B put it, it's what we do, I told her. Well, we all know why we rescued them, so shh. <laughs> we then finally returned the teens to their folks. 
as we looked at a far distance, the reaction of the parent's face was one of the best reactions we've ever seen. Alright, Harvey. Let's go. I said as we needed to drop off Oda or family as well. We reached the destination, and we dropped her off. Fives, one last thing, she said. Can I see your face? So I can remember who was my knight in shining armor? She asked. I... I wish I could, but it's our way so that no one could ever recognize us. I said. Please, I... I promise I won't tell anyone. As she said that, with her eyes doing the puppy eye thing, I don't know how girls can hypnotize you to do their bidding just by doing that, she almost got me, though. But, I guess off the record, I chose to show her my face. When my real eyes glanced at hers, without hesitating, she touched my cheeks and gave me a full-on kiss on the lips. She then slipped something in my hand, and she winked at me, and then left to her house. As you may have guessed, it was... <laughs> it was her number, and name, in case I forgot. But after all this, I'll... I'll never forget it. After all the excitement, we pretty much just packed up from our rooms, and Harvey drove us to the airport. But before that happened... We saw Disney World had police tape and police cars around the shorelines of the park. We especially saw news reporters, and them mentioning something about last night where people reported hearing guns blazing in Disney World. We all looked at each other, because, well, we all knew the full story. But nevertheless, we made it to the airport. We all thanked Harvey for everything that he did for us, and I gave him $800 for him to enjoy the rest of the day. He thanked us, and he said that he would call Trench and let him know that the mission was a success. We thanked him, and we parted ways. We made it back home safely. Trench called me soon after, gave me coordinates to meet him to collect our errand reward, and we did exactly that. We saw Trench there with two bags. Ah, so that's what Trench told us about, Wrecker said. I thought he'd be taller, Blackheart said. We all got out and met him. Damn, what happened to your face? Trench said. Oh, you know, a big rodent and I fought, I said jokingly. <laughs> Funny, he said. Well, Harvey told me the mission went very well. I'm glad to hear that. I'm not sure many can pull off what you six did over there, and... You should all be proud for that, he said. And of course, I'm a man of my word. A deal is a deal. Here is your hard-earned cash. You guys earned it. So, enjoy yourselves. Trench got into his car and drove off to who knows where. So, I guess in a nutshell, I guess that was pretty much it. We did our job successfully. We saved the teens from that nightmare. I got kissed by a beautiful-voiced, angelic woman. <laughs> and we each split the money that we earned, and... I mean, I gotta tell you, this money is gonna save our lives for a while. I was relaxing on my couch, watching the news about the incident, and... what happened over at Disney World. <laughs> Shit, this ought to be good. I said to myself, They mentioned a lot of witnesses. Claimed that they had heard what they thought was more than fireworks late at night at the park, but then they realized that it was gunshots, and police did say that they saw one man and they searched for anyone else that might have been with him, but they didn't find anything or anyone else. The police also mentioned, in case no one else knew, that the island was off-limits due to the pollution of the waters. <laughs> yeah, I call that bullshit, you jackasses, I said in my head. And... Really? No other bodies? What about Mutant Donald and Goofy? And those freaky baboons that wanted to bite all of us? All of these questions I had were left unanswered. Until I heard a knock at my door. 
I wasn't expecting anybody. I looked through my window, but I didn't see anyone. Through the peephole, and again, nothing. I then opened the door, and I saw a small package on my step. I didn't order anything for a while. I told myself... I first kicked it to see if any reaction happened. Nothing. So I brought it inside. It was a bit heavy, too, so I got my K-Bar knife to open it, and it was heavily wrapped. I unraveled, and... And... And what I saw inside made my heart feel like it was being squeezed until it popped. It was Mutant Mickey's head. I know that this wasn't my work. I remembered that I shot it in the head, but I didn't cut its head off. I checked the address on who sent it, and it didn't say. I mean, who else could have sent it? Trench? No, not possible. Harvey? No, still, impossible. Who could have sent this? I still have the head to this day. And, truth be told, I'm still searching for who did send it. 